Father, you sent your very own Son into the earth to shed blood, to wash away our sins because you love us, Father. Father, we will never question the love of you. We will never question your love that you've shown us. Father, we thank you that before you move or say or think or do, Father, it always, always begins with an act of love. So, Father, we thank you for your great and mighty love. And, Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things. We thank you for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Word of God tells us in, um, this is Romans chapter 8, it says in, in verse 35 that uh, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And, you know, I got to thinking as that song was uh, progressing um, that, you know, the most important, the most fundamental thing that, that we need to remember in the, in the topic of healing um, is, is it God's will to heal? And, of course, we, we have spent a lot of time teaching on that, and I was thinking about how many hours, you know, we're in our... Uh, have started our ninth year in healing school. That means we've completed eight full years of healing school. That's 50 hours a, a year. That's 200 hours we've taught in healing school. Um, and um, we've spent a lot of time asking the question, is it God's will to heal me? And of course, we go through the scriptures and there, there's plenty of scriptures to back that statement up that it is God's will every single time without exception to heal me. But if we just rest upon, upon the love of God, and um, ask ourselves, you know, if God loved me, what would he do? Uh, well, that's an easy question, right? And sometimes we, we try to uh, make it more complicated than it is by saying, well, you know, his love is complicated and it's, and it's, uh, it's complex and, you know, he's thinking about ways that we don't think about. And it's not, we're making it way more complicated than it is. Uh, if he loves you, he wants the very best for you. Uh, if, he, if he loves you, then he would want you healed. Uh, and anytime I'm ever dealing with sickness in my own body, I, I just never question God's love for me. I never, I never allow myself to ask the question, why is God not healing me? I never ask a question like that because that implies that somehow God has decided to withhold healing from me. Uh, and, and of course, if that's the case, there's really nothing I can do. I never allow myself to ask a question like that because it's, it's so, it so diminishes his love for me. But if he, if he really loved me, you know, we, we have children and, and um, you know, many of you have children. And, and if you don't have children, you have pets or dogs or cats or nieces or nephews or someone that you love in your life, spouses. Uh, wouldn't you do anything for that person if, if, within your ability within, uh, that you're able to do? 
And, and why would you do that? Because you love them. You know, you do anything for your kids, you know, you know other than being unethical, but uh, if they need help, hey, you know, I'm moving, I'm moving, you know, a piece of furniture. Can you come? I'll be right there. It's not, well, you know, I'm busy. No, you just, you just drop everything, glad to help uh, and desire to help. Uh, and don't begrudge helping at all. Uh, and, and we're nothing. We're made out of dirt and clay. And we, we would be motivated by love like that. The Lord is in heaven, uh, and all he knows is love. Uh, and for us to question him, it, to, it, you know, it, it's so, to me, it's so, um, I don't know, you know, I could be unkind about it, but it's just, it's so disrespectful and diminishes who God is to question why, why he is not healing me. That's an invalid question. You know, it's okay to ask why are you not getting healed. That's a fair question. But to say, why is God not healing me, implies that he has made a decision uh, and is withholding uh, something valuable to you. Uh, and yet, he sent his son. And, and even, uh, even beyond the struggles of our daily walk with the Lord, those who would just get up and emphatically say that healing is not for us today. And you think about how much love God had to be motivated to send his own son to die for you and for me. That, that, how much love would, would it take to do that? You know, if someone came up and said, hey, I, I need help, and the only way I can get help is if you sacrifice your son, I'd be like, no. I mean, the thought, there's no, there's no way. There's nobody on earth I would do that for. Uh, are you kidding me? There's no, no one at all, you know. Uh, sometimes people joke. I don't make that joke, but sometimes they joke, you know, well, what's that going to cost you? Well, your first, firstborn child, you know. Uh, there's no, I don't even joke about stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, the Lord sent his own son how, how big of love would it take to do that? And if he would do that for your sins, uh, how, how much effort would it be to, for him to add in healing uh, along with that? It was such, healing is such a, such a small, microscopic part of the love of God. I mean, to send his son took so much love to do that uh, and to desire for him to, to be the sacrifice for you. You know, it wasn't because he wanted Jesus to suffer pain. It was because the goal of it was for you to spend eternity with him. Uh, and for us to say that, you know, well, God's deciding not to heal me. Or even worse, well, God just doesn't heal anybody today. That, that was done away with. That, it's, have we never read the scriptures about how big the love of God is? We just read, you know, no matter how high or deep or wide, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And that means if there's sickness in our bodies, then, then we're not separated from God in that. That he, he has just as much desire to heal us because he's motivated by love for healing as he is for removal of sin or destruction or anything in our life. And, and I know we spent 200 hours studying the topic of healing, but you can just boil it down. Does God love me? If he loves me, he would want to heal me. If he wanted to heal me, then, then it's, it's inappropriate for me to ask, why are you not healing me, Lord? Uh, because that, that implies that somehow on his side, I have done nothing wrong on his side. Uh, he has decided uh, out of his complex strategy and, 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 and deep and dark will that uh, he thinks it's best if I remain sick. Uh, that, that is so wrong. I mean, it's just so far from uh, right. Uh, you know, the, uh, it, it's fine to ask because do we know everything? We don't know everything. And sometimes there's a cause for sickness and disease that we may not be aware of or may not have 
uh, allowed ourselves to contemplate that that may be the cause. And sometimes there's not a cause. Sometimes we're looking for a reason and there's not a reason. It's just because it's Tuesday. Uh, and there's plenty of times when I go to the Lord, if there's something going on in my body, I'll, I'll ask him, Lord, is there any cause for this? Have I done anything to allow this into my life? And if the answer is no, and very often, in fact, more often than not, the answer is no, or the answer is, uh, oftentimes, I don't, he doesn't even say anything. You know, now sometimes if there is a cause, he'll tell me. But if there's not a cause, a lot of times I won't hear anything back from heaven. And I'll just, you know, go by, well, he didn't say anything, so I'm going to assume that there's no cause, there's nothing else for me to do other than walk in faith. And then I'll just start right then. So there's nothing for me to do from this point, then I'm the healed of God. And if he does reveal something to me, then of course I will deal with that. And if, it's, if, it, if repentance is necessary, then that's fine, I'll do that. If it's, if it's uh, understanding of things, uh, then that's fine. I'll add that understanding in my life, and then I'll still get healed. And so there's nothing wrong with asking, Lord, why, why, why am I not getting healed? But, but I never, ever in my prayers in discussion with the Lord ever imply that somehow on his side, he has decided it's to my, my best, uh, it's best for me if I do not obtain healing. He, he will never come to that conclusion. Uh, and so we, we, just, we just have to, if you can get that settled in your heart that the love of God is so big that he would always, every single time, desire to heal you, without exception, th- then you can go on to the next step, but then, well, then there's got to be a cause, you know, or maybe there's a cause. Let me find out if there is a cause. And if there's not a cause, th- then I'll get up every day. I'm the healed of God. And what, what if it doesn't happen the first day? It doesn't matter. It's going to change. Uh, and and so there's some things I, 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 it's taken me a year to obtain, and I don't care, but I've always obtained it. Every single time, there's never been an exception that I've not been able to obtain healing uh, and because I'm just not going to give it up. Well, why does it take that long? I don't know, and I don't care. Uh, it's not the Lord withholding that for me to see how long I'll, I'll last. It's just, you know, uh, sometimes it, uh, in our busy lives, I don't spend enough time to focus on it. You know, it's more just, a, you know, Lord, I'm the healed of God, and I go on, and, and I'm doing other things, and perhaps if I spent more time just in building up my faith, it would, it would uh, uh, come along quicker. I don't know. Uh, uh, it, it doesn't matter to me because it's going to change. Amen. And if it's just a, a, something that's a minor thing, not a big deal, then, you know, I don't make it a big deal. Uh, and so uh, I would encourage you, uh, uh, make sure it's settled in your heart that God loves me. Uh, and, uh, and if you know he loves you, then you know he always wants to heal you. And if that's settled, that's half the battle. I mean, you talk to Christians, half the time they're unsure whether one, God even wants to heal them or not. Uh, and, and if you can't get past that, you're stuck. Because you, there's, there's, no, there's no scripture you can read, that not enough scripture you can read that, that can get you over the finish line if you're not sure that God will heal you because you'll never get into faith. You'll never get to a point where I believe God wants to heal me. And that's the, the fundamental principle of receiving anything from the Lord is faith. Amen? Uh, he's provided all these things for us, but we have to choose to believe that he's done these things for us. And, and, uh, and it all begins with, uh, does God want to heal me? And, of course, uh, the answer then is always yes. Amen? Amen. Uh, and so uh, let, let's uh, go back to uh, Luke chapter 13. And uh, we're, we're actually just about finished with this section here of uh, uh, Dr. McCrossin's book. And, um, and so we may get done with it and ask some questions, go on, go on to the next section here. Uh, but uh, in Luke chapter 13, 
we read the story, and we read this last week, but I think it would be good just to read it again. Um, this was, uh, uh, let's start in, in verse 10. It says, And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Uh, that's a long time to suffer. Uh, and, and this particular sickness, it's a, uh, the word infirmity is a common word. It, it's a, uh, it means sickness. It also means weakness. So, it's, so in different contexts of the New Testament, uh, it may imply a weakness as opposed, just like in, in Romans chapter 8, where it says that uh, he helps our infirmity when we're praying. Well, that's not meaning sickness. It means our weakness or inability to pray for the things that we ought to pray for. Uh, in, in this case, it's clearly talking about uh, sickness because she's bowed over and could in no wise lift up herself, straighten herself up. So she's a crippled woman, right? Uh, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid on, hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And so in this case, what's the source of her sickness and disease? It's a spirit, right? In this, in this case, it's a specific spirit called the spirit of infirmity. Uh, and so there are spirits of infirmity. In fact, one time, uh, many years ago, I was praying. We had a prayer line praying for people that were sick. And there, there was uh, a person in the prayer line. The Lord showed me that they had a spirit of infirmity that was oppressing their life. They weren't possessed with the spirit, but it was a, a spirit that had been assigned to their particular life. And, and this person was just sick all the time. You ever know people that are sick all the time? Just always something, right? Uh, ear infection, nose infection, eye infection, or, you know, pinky finger infection. Just It was always something, right? Just all the time, just sick all the time. Uh, and and that, now, we don't make a law. If someone else is like that, it doesn't mean that they have a spirit of infirmity. But that's not an, an, an unreasonable uh, assumption. And I would go to the Lord. Lord, is there a spirit of, a spirit of infirmity uh, assigned to my life? And so if there is, now in this case, it was a spirit. How, how did Jesus often deal with spirits? He cast them out, right? He commanded them to leave, uh, not in Jesus' name. Of course, he commanded them to leave in his authority. Uh, in this case, did he address the spirit? He did not address the spirit. Did he cast the spirit out? He did not cast the spirit out. So uh, we're, we're, we tend to get in ruts in the charismatic and Pentecostal churches that we're all the time casting out devils. And casting out devils is surely and clearly a biblical principle, a biblical doctrine. But it's not a law, right? We don't, we don't uh, if this happens, then we do ABC and that always fixes it. Uh, that, that, that will get you in trouble. That will get you in, in a situation where your faith is not working the way you desire it to work because you're making a cookbook that when this event occurs, then I handle it like this, this, and this. And when this thing occurs, then I handle it like this. Uh, and, and basically, we're, what we're telling the Lord is, Lord, uh, because these circumstances are, are falling in place like this, I don't need any information from heaven. I'm just going to go deal it on my own because I already know how to deal with it because uh, I've observed the, these circumstances and situations, and so I'm going to go do this. If there's a spirit of infirmity, I cast it out in Jesus' name. Well, Jesus didn't cast out the devil here. Uh, the, the best thing to do is always, Lord, what do you want me to do? You want me to lay hands on them? You want me to cast it out? You want me to anoint them with oil? Use a prayer cloth? You, you, you want me to just pray the prayer of faith? You know, there's a lot of different ways we could, we could 
apply faith or apply the anointing to, to produce healing in someone's life, Lord, how do you want me to do it? And even for our own life, Lord, how do you want me to do it? What do you want me to do? What, what do you want me to say? It's always best to find out from heaven because he knows everything, doesn't he? And, and so it's kind of, you know, it's uh, not the wisest thing to do to assume, well, Lord, I know how to deal with this because, you know, I've done this before. There were many times that Jesus cast the devil out, but in this case, uh, he didn't cast the devil out, didn't acknowledge the devil that was there, didn't, didn't call its name, didn't ask for its name, <clears throat> completely ignored that it. it was even there other than he acknowledged that the woman was sick. Uh, and so, uh, so that, that's good information, right? Because uh, so we learn, we learn uh, kind of reading between the lines. We learn from this situation, you know, more than just the fact that uh, the the cause of the sickness was a spirit. Uh, and so, is every sickness caused by a spirit? No. Uh, you ever, ever been in churches where everything was a spirit? Everything was a devil. You know, they cast everything out of out of uh, chairs and ponies and you know washing machines and everything just casting devils out of everything if it moved it had a devil right uh, and um, I've been there and to me it's just after it's it's just like theater right we're just like in a play it's always all like play acting right it's all we got to have this big show and you know somebody's got to throw up some pea soup or something and it, it's got to be you know Hollywood uh, theatrics in order for us to obtain healing instead of just uh, I, I'm loose from my infirmity I'm free. Well, that's, that's pretty simple, right? Uh, he said something, and he also laid hands. So he used two things. Sometimes he would only speak to people. Sometimes he would only lay hands on people. Uh, sometimes he would cast the devil out of people. And this time he used two methods to obtain healing for her. Well, so speaking wasn't enough? I don't know. Just That's what it took, right, when the Spirit of God instructed Jesus. Because, you know, the assumption I have is every time Jesus did anything, he, was, he did it by the direction of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit said, I want you to speak, and I want you to lay hands. Okay, well, why? Well, maybe he'll tell you why, but sometimes it's just, just shut up. That's what I want you to do. Uh, yes, sir, that's really all you got to do, amen? If you want to find out later why that was necessary, and he doesn't tell us why this was necessary. Uh, and so it does, to me, it doesn't matter. It's like, okay then I will add uh, both of those things to my list of methods that I could use and, and, and draw from to, to provide healing for somebody, either for myself or somebody else, both speaking and laying hands on people. And, and so since I've got multiple ways to, to apply healing, then Lord, how do you want me to do it? I want you to do only A, or I want you to do A and D. I want you to do A, B, C, and D. Okay, well, that's fine, Lord. So, that, that's a, that, so we learn from that, amen? We should learn from these things and, and not uh, get ourselves in a rut and, and have legalism because legalism will shut out the move of the Holy Spirit. The legalism will, will say, Lord, I can handle this. I know how to deal with this. Don't get involved. Uh, and of course, we don't say it like that, but that's how sometimes our actions imply that, Lord, I, I've got this. Uh, and, and we should have the same opinion that Jesus had that he said multiple times, I can of mine own self do what? Do I can do nothing. I mean, just because I, you know, I can lay hands on anybody, if the Lord doesn't hook up with me laying hands on, on somebody, what, what's that got to do except rub a, a bald spot on your head, right? I mean, I can lay hands on you and rub, rub it till it's just it's shiny and, and, and bald, but not going to help you any. So it, it needs to be directed by the Spirit of God. And so you know Jesus was directed by the Spirit of God in this case. So in this case, this was a spirit of sickness, right? The, the word uh, infirmity there is, is a common, most common Greek word for sickness, according to 
uh, uh, Dr. McCrossan here. Uh, and, um, uh, and so <clears throat> uh, he went through then a few other examples uh, from uh, Mark chapter 9. And so we'll just look at a few other examples that he mentioned here about spirits that were, that were um, the cause and the source of the sickness. Uh, and it'd be interesting because uh, he doesn't, uh, Jesus doesn't deal with it every single time the same way. So in Mark chapter 9, of course, that's the story with the man and the epileptic son. Uh, and it says here, uh, we won't go through the whole story, uh, but um, Jesus was talking with a man, right? He just come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. He was talking with a man about his son and the situation, how long has it been going on? And they, so they, were, they had a conversation. And then as they were talking, it says in verse 25, when Jesus saw that, that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee or command thee, come out of him, enter no more into him. And it says, And the, the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, uh, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. So now this particular sickness was also caused by, by a demonic spirit. Uh, in, in, in Luke chapter 13, it was the spirit of infirmity or the spirit of sickness. In this case, it's a deaf and dumb spirit. So uh, it, it appears that in the spirit realm, in the demonic realm, that there are certain spirits assigned to certain sicknesses. You had a, you had a, a spirit of infirmity, which resulted in the woman being crippled for 18 years. In this case, you had a deaf and dumb spirit, but the, 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 uh, the symptoms that this deaf and dumb spirit caused was uh, convulsions and, and uh, uh, appeared to look like epilepsy as far as we could relate to uh, present-day sicknesses. And uh, both, both cases are caused by sickness and disease, or both cases caused by demonic spirits. Uh, in the first case, Jesus did not address it, uh, uh, and he spoke what will happen? You are loosed. So he declared uh, what, will, what will be uh, by faith. In this case, uh, in Mark chapter 9, he did address the spirit, thou dumb and deaf spirit, I command thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. So, uh, so that's good, you know, because Jesus here specifically cast the devil out and that resulted in the healing of the child. So uh, in other cases, you remember we talked about uh, Peter's mother-in-law, he rebuked the fever. So uh, sometimes you can speak to the, sick, to the sickness directly. Uh, in this case, since there's a cause for it, Jesus was led by the Spirit of God to, to cast this devil out of him. Now, the, the devil, this person wasn't possessed with the devil as we see in other cases, like the Gadarene demoniac, where the devil has cons consumed this person and kind of now has con taken control of this person's life. Uh, and that's what we call being fully possessed, where they yield to the, their spirit man to a devil, and oftentimes the devil will speak through them, right? The, the devil speak through, sp spoke through many people in the Gospels as Jesus was uh, progressing through his ministry. Uh, in this case, it wasn't a possession, it was an oppression, right? So he'd gotten into their body. That doesn't mean that uh, he had been possessed of the devil. Uh, to be possessed of the devil means that you're, that you're taken over spirit, soul, and body by the devil. Uh, and just, you know, and we probably know this, but as a Christian, as a child of God, it's biblically impossible for you to be possessed of the devil. You could have a devil in your body if it's causing sickness and disease, but you cannot be possessed of the devil. 
Uh, and, and so, and either way, should you fear it? You shouldn't fear him because it's just a thing, right? So in this case, uh, in, in both the cases in Luke 13 and here in Mark chapter 9, we have two different demonic spirits with, with different categories that are, that are called out by the Lord uh, that caused uh, different manifestations in the physical bodies of the people that uh, they were attacking. And uh, in one case, he addressed it in, uh, in this case, but in the other case, he didn't address it at all. Uh, and notice here, he didn't lay hands on them. There was no anointing with oil. Uh, there was only uh, uh, casting the devil out. He commanded it to leave him. And the second part, and to enter no more into him. You know, that, that's, that's also good information because a lot of times what happens is people will receive healing and uh, shortly after that same symptom will come back on them. Uh, and, and a lot of times Christians will, will, their reaction is, oh, I thought I was healed. I guess I wasn't. And then they'll be consumed entirely by that same thing. Uh, you know, years ago I had, um, uh, I had a, a cough that I couldn't get... Um, uh, couldn't couldn't get, have success. Couldn't get success in getting rid of it, and um, uh, and so after about six months, you know, that's a long time to have a cough, right? After about six months, I thought, well, you know, I've not been successful uh, in obtaining healing on my own. Uh, let's go to the doctor and see what they say. See, it doesn't it doesn't bother me to go to the doctor? You know, a lot of people won't go to the doctor because they're afraid. I'm afraid of what I'll find out. That doesn't make any sense to me because it's if it's there, it's already there. So what's, what's it matter going to the doctor and finding out what it is? And I, you know, I never have understood that. But I don't live in fear. But people, a lot of people live in fear. I don't know. Oh, if I go to the doctor, you know, they'll tell me something. Well, it doesn't matter if they tell you something. If it's there, you know, uh, you, know you, you lose a foot. Well, you, you've lost a foot. Oh, I can't believe he told me I lost it. Well, you, you should have already recognized that, right? Uh, but anyway, so uh, he said, well, I, 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 he said, I don't see anything wrong with you. He said, let's do an MRI. He said, it probably won't show anything up, but, you know, we'll do an MRI anyway. And maybe that'll tell us because there was an ear, nose, throat specialist. Uh, he, he, did, he did an MRI and he came back and showed me the results. He said, see this uh, part right here? He said, all of us should be black. He said, all of us is white. That means all of us is, is a sinus infection. He said, I don't even know how you're walking around. He said, You've got, you are 100% uh, uh, infected sinuses. Well, did that bother me? It didn't bother me because to me, that's just information. It's like, oh, it's a spirit of infirmity. Well, now I know, right? Well, now I know that it's, it's a sinus infection. He said, you're going to have to have surgery, and we, we stick this laser up your nose, and, and it burns out part of your sinuses and, and all these things. And, and then um, uh, he said, uh, but we can't do it right now. So uh, he, here's some, uh, uh, in fact, he didn't give me any medication. He gave me a, a, a system to flush out your sinuses. He said, do this uh, six weeks, and, um, and then we'll come back, and we'll schedule the surgery. And I thought, well, okay, so, um, so it's really disgusting. You know, I could show you, demonstrate it for you, but it, uh, I'm not going to do that today. Uh, but you stick things up your nose that you don't want to stick up your nose. And, and then um, and I thought, well, you know, I went to the doctor, and he told me this thing. So uh, then, then I'll apply my faith where I am right now. Well, then, so I get up every day. Lord, uh, this is going to do its job. I'm going to, uh, whatever this is, um, the cause of this, uh, I'm going to follow these instructions, and we're not going to need uh, any surgery. So, I mean, it, it was a six-week process, right? So I went back to the doctor after six weeks, and, um, and he did a second MRI, and it came back, and it was all black. Everything that was white before was all black. And, and he actually said, he said, he said you're healed. I'm like, well, thank you. I know that I'm healed. Uh, and he said, you won't need surgery anymore. Uh, and so we, we parted ways and th thanked him for his service, and, and, um, 
uh, and everything was fine. Well, about two months after that, that same symptom came back on me. The same, same kind of scratchy throat, same, you know, uh, it, it's, you know it, sometimes the symptoms are hard to describe, but you know them, right? You know what they are. You, you, you dealt with it for many months at a time. Uh, and uh, well, this is the same thing that was, you know, just a couple months ago. And I thought, no, I'm not having it. And so, so in that moment, I just rebuked that sickness and said, I'm not having it in the name of Jesus. Uh, and within just minutes, it just, it just dissolved and went away. It never came back. Um, and, so, and so people say, you have sinus? I don't have sinus infections. You know, are you, do you have allergies? I don't have allergies. Uh, and so because, because oftentimes when Jesus said, enter no more into him, oftentimes the sickness will try to come back, right? Uh, and, and what happens a lot of times is if there was a cause that, that brought the sickness in to, to begin with, the Christian deals with the cause. Maybe they received forgiveness, or if they received healing, then, then it took, it's kind of a package deal, took care of the healing and the cause of that. Uh, but then the devil trying to come back and see if he can get you to allow him to come back by you saying something with your mouth like, oh, uh, I thought I was healed. I guess I wasn't. He said, thank you. I appreciate it. I'll be right back. I'll, I'll be back with all my buddies, right? And oftentimes we shoot ourselves in the foot by... Uh, by not expressing faith. Uh, in fact, you remember what Paul said in, in uh, Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. Uh, and that's not always talking about sin. Oftentimes it's talking about your confession. What's your confession when these things happen? What are you saying? Well, you know, I, get, I thought I would, you know, uh, I've dealt with people that uh, I know were healed supernaturally in a prayer line. And then, uh, you know, not even a month later, well, it came back, I, 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 thought, I, I thought I was healed, but I guess I wasn't. And of course, I don't say anything. I'm not going to rebuke them uh, for doing that, but you just, your heart goes out to them because uh, why are you doing that? He's going to try to come back and see if he can get in, and if you stand your ground, he won't come back. But instead, you know, we say, I guess I thought I was healed. Please come right on in, you know. Uh, and that's what really essentially we're doing with our, with our, um, our confession there. So be careful about your confession because your confession can short-circuit your faith. Uh, and if you have bad confession, you know, uh, every time it rains, you know, uh, my, all my bones ache, you know. Uh, if it rains hard, my bones ache hard. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we, we've got to be careful about, uh, about doing these things, saying these things. And, well, you know, I'm not young, not young like I used to be. Well, you know, when you get old, these things start hurting, right? Uh, and just, you know, I'm just an old man, uh, when, I'm not going to be an old man when I am an old man. Uh, and I'm just not going to confess that because it's the, the implication is, well, you know, things hurt and things uh, sag and things start falling off and you start using, have to use duct tape and Velcro to keep everything tied up. And I'm just, I'm, I'm going to confess that I'm like Moses when he was 120 years old, that he died. The Bible says he died and that, that his eyes were not dim and his natural force was what? Not abated, right? So he, his natural force... Uh, you think about that. He was 120 years old, and he was just strong when he was uh, 120, apparently as he was when he was 40. And remember our friend Caleb, when he was 85, you know, he, he said, give me that mountain. He said, I'm strong now as I was when Moses sent me in, into, the, into the promised land. Uh, and so th that's what I'm going to say. Now, those, those guys weren't even born again. You've got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. In fact, the, uh, Romans 8, 11 says, if, this, if the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead 
dwells in you, that spirit will quicken your mortal body, make alive your mortal body. Well, so that's an advantage I have that, that Moses didn't have, that Caleb didn't have. The Spirit of God lives inside of me, that the Zoe life of God has the capacity to quicken and make alive my mortal body. Uh, and I dwell on that a lot. I think about that a lot, that, that the God in me, the life of God in me expels death. And all sickness and disease is, is, is all, it's all of it is essentially death, right? Because uh, it will kill you if it can get, if it, if it can, uh, get a foothold there. Uh, in, where in Mark 9, turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, uh, let's start here in verse uh, 23. Uh, <clears throat> well, let, let's start out in verse 21. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered in the synagogue and taught. Well, that sounds like the other stories, right? So did Jesus, is this a common thing that Jesus did? It is a common thing he did. He taught the people, amen? And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having that had authority and not as the scribes. You know, it's interesting because we teach from an authority, and what all that means is here's what the Word of God says. Here's how to apply it to your life. And if, if a lot of, even in the church, even today, a lot of Christians don't teach and believe from a, a, a standpoint of authority. Well, you know, I mean this, but you know, sometimes it doesn't really work, you know, and so sometimes it does work, and it's very wishy-washy, very non-committal to what the Word of God says. Well, I know it says that, but you know, you can't really believe that, that Jesus ask what you want and it shall be done unto you. Uh, that, that's not, that's teaching and believing without any authority. We should believe, uh, if he teaches with authority, then we should believe with authority. Well, Lord, if you said it, then it belongs to me. That's you believing with authority. Uh, and he said in verse 23, and there was in the, their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, let us alone. So now who is crying out? Is it a man or the spirit? It's a spirit crying out, right? The unclean spirit, the demonic spirit, is speaking uh, through this man. Let us alone. Uh, what have we to do with thee, thou son, thou Jesus of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And of course, they were all astonished at, at that. In this case, you know, there's a couple of things that's interesting because when, when the devil's speaking, he's using a plural pronoun, right? And of course, today we have become completely and totally insane in relation to pronouns. What pronouns can you use? Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a he, she, it, whatever, you know, it's it just, um, we live in a crazy little world right now, right? Uh, but um, even the devils know what pronouns they should use, right? Uh, and so we, we are, we. Uh, and so uh, it wasn't because they didn't want to specify their gender. They were, they were in, implicitly explaining that there was multiple demonic sp uh, spirits here. But what we also learned from this is even though there were multiple spirits here, how many uh, did Jesus rebuke? It says in verse 25, he rebuked what? Them or him? Him. So even spirits have genders, right? Uh, we just, I mean, it's just, you just shake your head and wonder about the, about the, the craziness of people. But Jesus rebuked him. And so uh, we learned, if, and if you go through all of the experiences of demonic interactions with the Lord, uh, that there is a, a singular spirit that's in charge and you deal with the man in charge, and when you command him to go, all the other ones go with him. And so when Jesus commanded this, this unclean spirit, it says the man had, an, an, 
had an, a, a singular unclean spirit, but there were other ones with them, right? In, in Matthew chapter 12, it talks about how a spirit will leave with somebody, go out in a dry place to seek and rest, finding them, and when he returns, he finds his house clean, swept, and garnished, and he, and he brings with him seven more devils. Uh, and, and, and he's worse off at the second time than he was at the first time. And so oftentimes, once somebody becomes demonically possessed, they will have other spirits involved in there. Uh, and, uh, but as you, you don't have to catalog all, all seven of them and get all their names and addresses, social security numbers, and, and uh, favorite high school teacher. All you got to know is who's in charge. And that's who you deal with. And when you deal with that, just like Jesus did here, hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. And of course, uh, if he came out of him, all the other ones that were saying we uh, also came out of him as well. Uh, and so, but in this case, uh, he did address, uh, anytime Jesus addressed the demonic spirits, he addresses them as a, a specific personality, not as an energy or, you know, a power. It's a specific personality. De demonic spirits are specific personalities. They're not, uh, they're not, uh, uh, they're not people. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting about when, when, when you study about demonic spirits, we don't really know where they came from. Uh, th there's some hints in the scriptures. You know, maybe they're, maybe they're this type of spirits. Maybe we don't really know 100%. We can't be super dogmatic about it. The source of these demonic spirits. Uh, some people believe that they were uh, part of the um, uh, spirits that were uh, in, uh, in heaven that were part of the uh, one-third of, of the angels that were thrown out of heaven that uh, were stupid enough to hook up with uh, Lucifer and get thrown out of heaven. Uh, that's not an unreasonable um, idea. Um, uh, and uh, there are other, other uh, concepts of maybe it has something to do with, with uh, the, a pre-Adamic race that was on the earth before Adam was here on the earth. Uh, that's also a, uh, an interesting theory. Um, doesn't matter, you know, it's usually good uh, discussion material to have conversation about what do you think. Um, uh, in fact, I was talking about this with somebody not long ago. Uh, and uh, we do know in the book of Hebrews, it says that, that God is the father of spirits. So does that imply that uh, if, uh, it, since these are spirit beings, did the Lord create these to begin with and somehow they got twisted in their, in their mentality and use to now try to possess men? Uh, I, I don't really know. It doesn't really matter. You know, it's, like I said, it's interesting, interesting conversations, but uh, at the end of the day, it's not, uh, not super uh, important to know that. We, all we have to know is we have authority over them. Amen? doesn't matter where they came from. We have authority over them. Uh, and so in this case, uh, Jesus uh, uh, spoke to the Spirit just like he did in um, uh, Mark chapter 9. Uh, and then one, one last example, and then uh, uh, we'll look at what the rest of the things he said here in Acts chapter 16. So now this is... Um, this, this is... Um, uh, uh, Paul now here in Acts chapter 16, and so Jesus has already died and gone, gone to heaven, sat at the right hand of the Father. Uh, and here, let's start out in, in Acts chapter 16, verse 16. It says, And it came to pass, as we, this is Paul and Silas, as we uh, went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination. So now we had a spirit of infirmity. We had a deaf and dumb spirit, also called an unclean spirit. And now we have a spirit of divination. So there are, there are multiple spirit types 
in the realm of the spirit, of demonic spirits. Uh, they have specific assignments. They have specific uh, categories that, that we see here from the Word of God. Uh, that spirit of divinity, uh, divination met us. Uh, and if you look up that word, spirit of divination, it means python spirit. So um, I don't know if she just likes snakes or what, but um, um, it, it met them and it brought her masters much gain by soothsaying, right? By, by basically uh, uh, telling people's fortune. And the same followed Paul you know, uh, fortune tellers, they can't know information, right? The demonic spirits are around. They could be watching and taking notes about stuff, right? They can have knowledge, which appears to be supernatural, but it's not supernatural if somebody's got a photograph, right? It's just uh, they happen to see an event occur. And so they have no supernatural divine ability to tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, they, they may say that they can tell you what's going to happen tomorrow, but, you know, they, they just roll in the dice and based on their thousands of years of experience can, you know, be fairly close in guessing what's going to happen, but they don't know. God knows, right? He knows exactly what's going to happen. Uh, but these demonic spirits who are soothsaying or, or telling fortunes, they're just rolling the dice, hoping based on, on previous experience what they think is going to happen. Uh, and so don't go to, don't go to, uh, uh, to the people who are, who are telling fortunes, right? Uh, it's not wise to do that. Uh, it says, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. <clears throat> well, uh, but Paul being grieved. Why would that grieve Paul? You want a demonic spirit uh, uh, testifying about you? Uh, nobody wants that. You want, you want somebody interrupting situations and telling you things that, you know, uh, that's going on without uh, uh, your approval? No, you don't want that. Uh, and it says, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same spirit. And when her master saw that their hope of their gains was gone, they were all super excited that this person uh, received some deliverance. No, they, they threw them in jail, right? And that's when Paul and Silas were prayed and sang praises at midnight. Uh, and so in this case, it was called the spirit of divina uh, divination, uh, and that spirit caused her to have the ability to tell people things that were going on in, in their life. <clears throat> so we see that there's several different types of demonic spirits uh, running around. Th this, to me, is a, is a bit of an interesting situation here because uh, there doesn't seem to be anything here. When, when the other people came to Jesus, right, they were looking for deliverance. This woman wasn't really looking for deliverance. She was just wanting to annoy Paul and Silas. And, uh, you know, sometimes people say that you can't cast the devil out unless somebody uh, wants it cast out. And, and I'm not so sure on that, you know, uh, because uh, of the, of the, really of this particular situation. What I do know and, and, and appreciate that if somebody doesn't want the spirit cast out of them, it would be wise not to cast, out, cast them out of them because, and we'll just real quick go, go back to Matthew chapter 12 because that's really the governing uh, understanding of how these things work. Uh, it says in uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 43, it says, when an unclean spirit has gone out of a man, well, how did that spirit go out of the man? He only went out of a man because somebody commanded him to leave, right? Uh, and so he didn't go out on his own uh, he, they're, they're going to stay and stay possessing with somebody as long as they possibly can. That spirit, he, the Bible says, so it's, it's a specific personality. He walketh through dry place seeking rest and finding none. Then he saith, I will return into my house 
from whence I came out. And when he has come, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. Uh, in other words, it's empty, right? They didn't fill it back up with the Spirit of God or the Word of God or the faith of God. They, they left it empty. And, and so uh, it says in verse 45, Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there, and the, the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. So uh, when I put this together and look at uh, uh, Acts chapter 16, uh, I'm wondering if the, the, real, the reason why we always try to and need to find out what's somebody's will in the matter uh, is because of this reason right here. Because if you cast the devil out of somebody, and they do nothing after that. They don't go to church. They don't walk in faith. They don't try to find the, the plan and will of God for their own life. They don't try to get the, uh, fill their mind with the Word of God and, and the, uh, the Spirit of God. They just do nothing. Well, then, then that same devil's going to come back, and he's going to come back with his friends. And the Bible says the last state of that man is worse than the first. So uh, the, uh, when, I, when I read Acts chapter 16, it, it implies to me that, that uh, this woman did not want this devil cast out of her. But if the devil is annoying you, you know, uh, you don't have to put up with it. But in that case, why did Paul wait for three days to do anything about it? Well, I believe that he waited for three days to do anything about it because he was waiting on directions from heaven. Uh, and if the Lord, the Lord didn't give him directions to do that, then if the Lord doesn't anoint you to cast the devil out, then, you know, you can say shundai, shundai all you want. Uh, if the Lord doesn't direct you to do that, then you've got to be careful and, and just uh, not running around to do that. And so in this case, if, the, if it was not uh, the, the desire of the woman to be free from this, from this demonic presence, then he would have had to have... Um, instructions from heaven in order, in order to do that. If somebody just comes up to you and says, hey, you know, I've got this devil in my life, would you cast it out of me? Well, then you, you don't have to ask for heaven. The, the Mark 16 tells us that we can cast out devils in the name of Jesus. But if it's a, if it's a unique case like Acts 16, where you, uh, the person hasn't given you any authority in their life, then you have to wait till heaven to get that, uh, to get that uh, instruction because they have not granted you authority in their life to cast the devil out. Uh, and so you just got to be you know, you should always be led by the Spirit of God in whatever you do, amen? Uh, and so this went on for several days, and eventually Paul did deal with it, uh, and um, she lost her ability to do things. And, and you know, I was thinking about uh, many years ago, um, where, when this is, in fact, this was going on even after I got married, uh, when I was, uh, when I was probably about six years old, um, I, I, I became afraid of the dark, and, uh, and so I would, I would do things, uh, move my head back and forth at night to, to, um, to go to sleep because if you're doing that, you're making noise and you can't hear the monsters sneaking up on you, right? And so that's really the whole point of doing that. Uh, and so, but the problem is, is I allowed that to, to get a hold of my life just as a child and, uh, and it stayed with me. I got, I got born again when I was 15 years old. Still, I was afraid of the dark then. Uh, I, got, I got married and I wasn't so much afraid of the dark then but still, uh, I would do that at night uh, without even knowing it. And um, Chris would have great compassion on me and just kick me if I was doing that. Uh, and so, um, so uh, just in prayer, Lord, you know, I've got to deal with this, right? This has got to go. And so, you know, what's the, what's the cause of this? And, and the Lord showed me. He said, uh, this was a demonic spirit. I wasn't possessed with the devil, but I had allowed this, this devil of fear to, to get a hold of my life. And, and I didn't know, really know how to deal with it, right? I hadn't, hadn't studied the scriptures much in that area. Uh, and, um, 
I thought, well, you know, but I, I know people that are spiritual. I can go to them. You know, I wasn't in, I wasn't even in ministry at all. And in fact, I wasn't even out of school. I was still in college at that time. Uh, and so I went to a pastor that I was going to church uh, at in, uh, in, in Alabama. And I said, hey, you know, this is going on. And, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, he said, well, come, come see me on Tuesday or whatever. So I went and saw him on Tuesday. And we spent the whole day taking apart a shed and driving around town and buying stuff. And, uh, and, and I'm like, did you just bring me over here so I could help you with your shed? I mean, uh, you know, I needed help. And I kind of left like, well, you know, why did I go there? Uh, and, um, and so that didn't do anything. And then years later, this is still going on years later. And I'm married, you know, still doing this. Uh, and graduated from college, you know, twice and still doing this. And, and um, so now at this point, I'm going to another church. So I went to the, to the assistant pastor and, and I said, hey, the Lord showed me that, uh, you know, this is going on in my life and that, that, that uh, it's a demonic uh, spirit causing this. You know, would you pray for me? And he looked at me and said, you don't have a devil in your life. What, what, you know, I never have understood. And and so he wouldn't even pray for me. And so I left without any help. And so there's two ministers of the gospel, right? Called before the foundation of the world to be a minister of the gospel. Neither one would help me. Uh, And and it was very condescending how he spoke to me because, oh, you don't have a devil, you know. You know, if someone came to me and said, I have a devil, I want you to cast it out of me. And they were sincere, right? If they were just being foolish, I know people are foolish sometimes. Everything's a devil. I'm, I wasn't that person, right? Uh, if, they can, if they believe with all their heart that that was it, and they believe that the Spirit of God showed it, I would hook up with their faith. All right, well, let's cast the devil out, and from this point on, you'll be free. Okay, you know, and, and if they came back and said, well, it's still going on. Said, no, then either you didn't have a devil, or you're making it up, or, you know, you allowed him to come back. All those things could, could be true. Uh, but I was just looking for somebody to help me out. And finally, I went to the Lord about it. Lord, you know, I'm not getting any help here. He said, well, go to my word. And I went to the word, and the Bible says that, uh, that he gives his beloved sweet sleep. Like, okay, well, I, I know your word. I can, I can have faith in your word. So I just, every night, uh, uh, Lord, I thank you that you said in your word that you give your beloved sweet sleep. I didn't cast the devil out or anything. Within two weeks, it was gone and never, ha- never has returned. You know, that, and, I, and I lived with it for, well, 18 years, uh, almost 20 years, uh, about 20 years, I guess, because I got married when I, was, when I was 24, and it was still going on after that. So about 20 years it was going on, uh, and, um, uh, and just simple confessing of the word of God was sufficient, amen? Because my faith was, if he gives me sweet sleep, then this devil has to leave, uh, and he did. Uh, and so, uh, <clears throat> so, you know, in that, uh, uh, you know, I gave the people, the ministers, uh, explained to them my will was to remove this out of my life, and neither one was willing to help me and to show any uh, consideration for the and I understand, you know, I was young, and I just thought I was stupid and foolish, and, you know, I, I, I mean, I understand that, but at the same time, they had the Spirit of God in them. The Spirit of God would have told them that it was a real thing, that, that uh, I needed assistance, and I came to them in, with a sincere heart. You know, if they would have listened to the Spirit of God instead of, instead of uh, uh, being so uh, condescending towards me as a young person, uh, you know, there are plenty of young people who know things, Amen. Uh, and, and I'm not saying I knew everything, but I knew that. Uh, and um, and so, uh, so the point that Dr. McCrossan wanted to make was that all of these spirits were addressed as actual personalities. Uh, and, he, and he calls them this group, the spirits of sickness. Uh, and so uh, I suppose that, uh, I'm, and I imagine every single sickness on the earth has a demonic spirit assigned to it. And whether they actually cause 
uh, by a spirit uh, coming sickness in people's body. I don't think that's true, but uh, no doubt there's there you know wherever the sickness labs are, they're cooking up something right in the demon, in the evil spirit realm uh, that they're doing things. And so, uh, if you come across that, it's no it's no different than anything else. Amen. You just uh, you you uh, uh, express your authority through the name of Jesus, and it's got to go. Uh, and you don't make a big deal of it, you know. When, when we were involved with that church, when I first got saved, that uh, it was at one of those deliverance churches, it was always such a show. It was always so, uh, I mean, it was Hollywood and big theater, and, and somebody had to do something, and there had to be some physical manifestation to be expressed before they, they declared victory. Uh, and, and to me, now I'm just 16 years old, right? And, but to me, it was, just, it, it was just, there's something wrong with this. And I would try to talk to some of the adults. What's wrong with this? And they, Shut up, you don't know anything. I, I know I don't know anything, but apparently neither do you. I'm just trying to figure out why you're spending two hours casting this devil out of somebody. Uh, and, and Jesus said, be gone, and, and walked away. He didn't spend two hours on it. Now, sometimes you may have to spend two hours to find out the will and plan of God to, in order to deal with that. That's fine. But if you spend two hours saying, come out in Jesus' name, something's wrong. I mean, there's something wrong if you get a command for two hours to come out in Jesus' name. You may, have to, you may have to worship the Lord for two hours to get in the realm of the Spirit enough to know what to do. That's fine. Uh, but to spend two hours slogging, you know, let go, hang on, whatever, spit it, you know, swallow it, whatever. I mean, it's just, it's just I don't know. Because uh, when you read the Word of God, there's never, there's never a situation where Jesus ever spent hours on end trying to cast a devil out of somebody. Uh, and so there's a lot of good information, a lot of uh, specific things that we can learn about how Jesus did handle these situations. Uh, and they're varied and different, right? They're not always the same. Uh, and so uh, don't, don't uh, pass a law in your heart that if, the, oh, the demonic spirits, we've got to cast it out and, and somebody get the little uh, vomit bag, right? Because so, some, somebody's going to throw up something. Uh, and, and so, because sometimes one person had a, had a physical manifestation, so everybody has to have a physical manifestation. Well, you're going to get yourself in trouble really quick if you do that, right? Uh, and, you know, and to be honest, you know, in, my, in my ministry, I've not dealt with many spirits. Uh, uh, as far as casting them out. Uh, Brother Randy's going to be here someday. He's had a lot of experience in this thing. You, you get in prison, right? There's a lot of demonic spirits running around. So <laughs> in my little comfortable world, I don't have to deal with them all that much. You know, but I don't care to deal with them, but I just don't have to, right? And uh, there's not too many demonic uh, uh, possessed people, but it doesn't matter. I know the will of God. I know the spirit of God. I know the authority of the Lord. I'm not afraid of the devil. Uh, and so uh, and I'm not looking to become an expert in these things, right? I mean, it's just one of those things that you deal with it and you go on and you don't make a big deal about it at all because I don't want to give any glory to the enemy. And so, uh, so there's a lot of sickness and disease, a lot of spirits causing sickness and disease, but let's not make a law in how we deal with that, amen? Uh, sometimes it's, 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 to me, it'd be awesome to, to provide healing and not even give the devil the, the uh, privilege of being addressed specifically, right? It's, it's very condescending to the devil to not even recognize that he's the source of the sickness and disease and just, you know, c- uh, command the bodies to be healed. Uh, to me, that's kind of the best way, right? If you could just not even acknowledge your presence. Sometimes you have to, and that's fine. Uh, but um, I think it's awesome that you, don't, that you can get by sometimes without even acknowledging, giving them the, the, the privilege of, of being addressed specific, specifically, amen? Uh, and so let's answer a few questions here in this, this, in this uh, section here of the book. Uh, the first question is, uh, how did sickness enter into this world? Sin. By sin, right? Yes. Do we have a scripture reference for that? No. 
Romans 5.12, right? And so it's good to know that, right? So if sickness came into the world by sin, well, then it's all of the devil, right? Uh, that shouldn't be hard to understand. Uh, who is the originator of sin, sickness, and death? Satan is, right? Uh, did God originate any of those three things? No. So uh, then it should be clear that it's God's will for us not to have any of that. What is a common cause of sickness? Sin, right? Uh, is that the, always the cause of sickness? Nope. Uh, if if uh, This is not one of the questions, but I'll just add this one. If the, if the sickness is caused by sin, then is, is there any way that the person can still get healed? Yep. Sure, what can we do about it? Get, get them to repent or, or even, you know, Jesus said, said, uh, told the man that their sins were forgiven, right? And we do have some of that authority according to 1 John 5, 16. Uh, but, but sometimes you do have to deal with the sin, but you can deal with the sin. That's the point is you can deal with the sin. And then once you deal with the sin, then, then healing can, can come to pass, amen? Uh, and question number four is Jesus rebuked what in the same way as he rebuked something else? What did he rebuke in the same way? Sickness and devils, right? And so he used the same word to rebuke them, right? He rebuked the fever, but he also rebuked the devil. He used the same Greek word to do that rebuking. Uh, and so uh, that means we have authority in both situations. According to Acts 10.38, what is the definition of oppressed? Those under the dominion or lordship of Satan. So, uh, in Acts 10, 38, you know, it says how God known in Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. So, he healed all that were oppressed of the devil. So, all sickness and disease is an oppression of the devil. Even if he's not specifically involved with that, through a demonic presence, uh, he originated it because of his sin. Uh, and finally, the Bible lumps all sickness under what? Under what? Satan's work. Satan's work, right? Under the oppression of the devil and the work of Satan. Uh, and so, uh, is that true? Well, it is true. If that's true, then is there any scenario where God wants us to remain sick? If it all originates from the devil, why would God want us to be uh, oppressed of the devil in any way? If he loved us, why would he ever want that? Well, he would never want that, right? And so, uh, we, should, we should continue to uh, solidify our, our uh, confidence that it's never God's will for us to remain sick. Amen? Uh, and so uh, we'll start next week. Actually, we won't start next week because Brother Randy will be here with us next week. Uh, but the next section is he's got six uh, Bible reasons why all Christians should take Christ as the healer of their body. So he goes through and gives us six reasons why this should be the case, why every Christian can, can uh, take the way he says it, take Christ as the healer of their bodies. Uh, and, he, and, of course, he's not just, uh, the thing I like about Dr. McCrossan, he's not pontificating, right? He's not just, just saying words. He said, here's a thousand scriptures of why this is so. Uh, and, and after, you know, the first 800, you start to go, you know, maybe he's got something, right? Uh, and that's what I appreciate about, uh, about Brother, uh, Brother Hagen's ministry is everything was just word-based. Here's what the word says. Here's, here's how we apply it to our lives. It's like, okay, I can do that. It wasn't all these flowery stories about, well, you know, Sister Doodad, she got sick, and Sister so-and-so, she got sick, and, and they were wonderful saints of God, and so, you know, but those are just stories, right? Uh, there's no Bible for those things. They're just stories, and, and a lot of people's faith is, is dependent upon stories that people have told them. Your faith should only be dependent on what the Word of God says. 
Remember what Psalm 91 says, it says a thousand fall on my side and 10,000 in my right hand. It'll not come near me. Amen. Well, it doesn't matter if, if that happened with a thousand people. They all got sick. Well, so? Well, but the next one, 10,000 people got it. Okay, so what's that got to do? It's got nothing to do with me. It doesn't have to come near me. Uh, and so uh, people will use that. They'll use the weight of experience to override the faith of God. Uh, and and uh, we need to avoid that, amen? Our faith should only be in the Word of God. And so let's pray and thank the Lord for His Word today. So Father, we thank You for the Word of God. And Father, we thank You that we have the right and the privilege to remain healed and healthy all the days of our life. And Father, if there's a cause, well, we thank You that You're big enough to show that to us if we will ask You. And so Father, we thank You that uh, You will always answer if we ask. And we thank you, Father, that we can remain perfectly healed all the days of our lives. And we give you the praise and the honor for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. We thank the Lord for these things, you know. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, of course, our desire, uh, and Jared, if you'll come ahead and get ready to receive this, this afternoon's offering. You know, uh, our desire in teaching healing school is primarily not to have a place where we can pray for the sick all the time. We have no problem doing that. We do that on, on a fairly regular basis. But our greatest desire and goal is to establish faith in your heart so that you can live in divine health by faith in the Word of God. Amen? So come ahead, Mr. Jared, and, and receive the offering. And that's, and that's really why we have this particular class. You know, of course, we pray for sick folks in this class sometimes. We pray for them on Sunday mornings and even on Wednesday nights sometimes. Uh, and, and that's fine, right? And that's helpful and, and valuable. Uh, God's best is once we get these things established in our hearts, well, I can, I can do that alone. You know, I can do that by faith alone, amen? Um, and that would be God's best, amen? Nothing wrong with having hands laid on us. And I've done, done it plenty of times, amen? Uh, but we'll come back in two weeks and, and pick this up in the next section of Dr. McCrossin's book. Well, have a wonderful week, and uh, you, you're dismissed.